We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everyone. Dano here. And we got an awesome episode of Dice It Up For You featuring two interviews Ice and I did last week. First, hear from MAAC Preseason Player of the Year, D.D. Davis from Manhattan College. And then we'll kick it over to Shaley Gonzalez, new transfer guard from BYU who's now at the University of Texas. Hope you enjoy. Finally, we are back. It is Dice It Up. Uh, took a little two-week break. I had, uh, I had a minor injury. I texted you about it, Ice. And uh, I'm on the up and up, though. Um, we are in the thick of it. We're in December. Uh, we're recording this episode on December 15th and a month into the college basketball season, I've been loving every second and not just from the major schools, but the mid major schools, we had to show some love. Uh, thank you ice for really pushing to make this happen. Uh, ice, I want you to introduce our guest since you've seen her play up close and personal multiple times now. Yeah, first, what's up, fam? I missed you. Yes. I mean, you know, we talk all the time. I still missed you. Um, good to be back. I'm excited about our guest. Uh, you talked about, you know, covering mid-majors, um, but especially schools in New York. Like, I'm from Jersey, and so New York Coopers are different, but especially when you have all these schools in New York, it's really cool to cover them. And so this year, I've been blessed for the last couple of years, I guess, to cover Manhattan College um, men's women's basketball, and Dee Dee Davis definitely a person that I have connected with so many times. Um, Dee Dee has awesome personality, um, brings a really awesome edge on the court as well. Uh, she's the Mac pick preseason player of the year. So royalty is with us today. And uh, I'm just so excited to have her here. I feel like I chat with her all the time, but never like really on camera. And so this is kind of cool for us to connect through our podcast. So Dee, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you both for having me. It's really a pleasure. I, I got to say, uh, Dee, one thing I do love about like your game and watching is it gives me confirmation that the mid range is not dead. Yeah. <laughs> like mid-range goddess is in uh the upper part of manhattan right now um 
I can say honestly that mid range was never part of my style. Uh, I loved watching James Harden play in the Rockets, but uh, you're bringing it back, and I love that. Uh, what is it about like pulling up from you know, or I mean, what what gives you the confidence to just pull up off one dribble or hit a step back to to go right into the mid range? Because I feel like not many people really uh, use utilize that shot anymore. Yeah, well. For me personally, I have torn both of my ACLs before. And so in the, in the uh, earlier stages of my basketball career, I was uh, not, I was like, I'm not going to shoot the ball. I'm not going to shoot threes. I'm not going to shoot mid-ranges. I just want to ensure that I can get this ball in the basket. So I was more of a, a layup, a driver uh, kind of guard, which I would argue that I still am. But I would argue that because my body has really been through uh, the ringer and, and a lot in terms of you know taking contact and, and injuries and whatnot, I really started to explore the uh, 17 foot, the, the mid range game uh, more as, as my game has progressed in my college years. So it was really more of a caution thing. And then it started mm. to go down and it started to fall. And I sort of said to myself, I'm like, okay, this is, hmm, this is working. <laughs> so I sort of added that to my game. And um, I obviously love to get to the rim as well. Uh, so obviously embrace contact. My coach says I sometimes look for contact a little too much. Um, but so I would definitely say that it stemmed from me just not wanting to get so deep and, and not wanting to be among the trees all the time. And so, it, you know, it really started to work for me. So I just wanted to implement that as as something that was automatic in my game, really. I feel that I, I was always afraid of contact, so I can't <laughs> really relate. Uh, but uh, I mean, I did you have something similar like when, you know, you messed up your knee tore your ACL, did you feel like you had to change like your style and approach to your game? No, 1000% what Didi said. I think um, like when I graduated, you know, high school, I was known as a slasher. Um, you know, I could score kind of every which way, um, but I really was good at like floaters and getting to the, you know, getting to the rack. And then, yeah, at a certain point, you just get tired of getting hit, you know, and you just realize like these hits add up and they also add to injuries, you know? Um, and so became more of a shooter that was also because I was at Syracuse and like you know we led the country in three shot per game um but no definitely like nowadays I don't even go in for a lamp for real like it has to be like a transition outlet okay one dribble nobody's here otherwise like I'm pulling up or it's a pull-up three like I'm not even, nice had been nice yeah, yeah I'm not even messing around in there like you're you're not hitting me because I'm gonna get mad that I got hit I'm gonna get mad that you hit me when I could have just pulled up and knocked down the jumper and called it a day. Like life can be so easy. And sometimes we decide to make it hard. So no, DD definitely has mastered the mid range game as well as transition. Right. I love watching you in transition. Um, I want to talk about more so your team right now. Like you have grown to be a leader on this team. You know, um, you mentioned the two ACLs that you went through the sticking it out at Manhattan playing several years, obviously with the COVID years and graduate years, you've got some extra years under your belt. Um, how do you feel like you've grown as a leader for this team? I, I want to say, too, I feel like a lot of the times we look at the best players of teams um, or one of the best players of teams as the leader automatically. And sometimes personalities don't always are aren't always like a leader personality. Sometimes you are just the best, but you're not necessarily a leader. So where do you feel like you've grown in your last six years at Manhattan to be able to get there? Yeah, yeah. So in the last uh, it's five now, this is my, yeah. my fifth year, uh, I would think that I came in with that mentality, like, okay, I know I want to be the best, but I don't really know about the leadership side of it. Somebody can, you know, can handle that and put in all that dirty work and, and be the one that people come, people, you know, talk to and open up to and, and be the one that does the extra things before practice and sets things up and does the curfew checks and all the things that 
people have no idea go into a leadership role for a, a, a division one women's basketball team. Um, but I will say just having teammates who were just natural, wonderful women in Courtney Worley. I mean, I was talking to her last night. I talked to her so much because not only is she a big sister to me, since before I got to the school on my visit, I remember this girl is a leader. Like, I don't even know. I haven't even seen her play yet, but just you know, on one of my visits, I was just like, she's the one that people are going to when something is wrong and, and people have something to get off their chest and, and she's the one that's communicating with the coaches. And so I, I agree with you, you know, it definitely doesn't always correlate, you know, best player equals leadership role. But I think that it's something that I fortunately grew into because I had so many wonderful leaders around me with the likes of Courtney Worley. And so over the years, I was able to just add certain things that she's left for me, certain advice that she's gave for me, that she's gave to me, which she still does. She's still leading me and we're not even on the same team. Um, that I definitely have grown into a leadership role throughout the years because of those who've come before me. That's powerful. It's needed. I think, um, you know, your, your coach, Coach Heather Voland, does a great job of just recruiting culture. You know, I think a lot of people talk about it. A lot of people want to be about it, but the same people she gets almost every year. Like, it seems like they fit the role on the team, but they're also their personalities fit and their culture fits. And so that's what you want is someone like a Courtney Worley to leave a program and then leave behind not only her basketball legacy, but a legacy of leadership, right, um, that you can take on. Um, how are you guys doing this season? Kind of give us an update on just where you guys are at, where you feel like you can grow and get better and maybe some bright spots. So no matter how, no matter if we won the last five games or we've lost the last five games, we're always going to say we need to improve. Mm -hmm. That's the mentality that our coaches have instilled in us from day one. And, you know, we're, we're proud of that. We're, we're very happy to embrace the challenge. I mean, our coaches set the bar for us here from yeah. day one, like you're going to meet it or you're not. And if you don't, that's on you. Yeah. Um, so we really have no choice but to, to meet the expectations that's placed upon us from day one, the expectations that, that was placed upon the seniors before us who have left that legacy. Okay, this is a winning culture. Um, so I, I'd like to think that we're in a good space. We're, we're obviously continuing to, to grow and, and figure each other's games out because, I mean, our starting lineup right now, you know, I think that Bella, the sophomore guard, she's, I love playing with her. She, she, she's phenomenal. Uh, but she's someone who didn't necessarily play a ton last year. So it's also, you know, her and I trying to get on the same page, see where she's um, Petra, who's a gazelle. She's phenomenal. And I also love playing with her as well. But she also had Courtney to, to help yeah. her out in a lot of ways. So it's like, you know, when you take out certain pieces and now there are underclassmen who really have to step up and, and show what they're about. I think Ann Bear, uh, a freshman guard uh, from Pennsylvania, she's as quick as I think she, she's faster than me, I, I would say. Yes. If you ask me, and she's she's phenomenal for us. She's coming in. She's she's doing the right things. She's making the right plays. Um, and then our upperclassmen, Emily Lapointe, she's been solid. Like if there's one word that I use to describe Emily, it will be solid. And she has been solid. She's that our tough, gritty person. You know, she goes to battle for us every single day. Um, so I'd like to say I'd like I'd like to think that it's really it really comes down to us all putting our pieces together, you know, like we know, okay, I can do this. Bella can do this. Patrick can bring this to the table, but it's not going to work. If it's just me doing this, this person doing this, that person doing that. Uh, it's about leaning on each other, relying on each other. So I would say we're in a pretty good space right now. We're obviously still figuring a lot out, but it is conference play. And I would say that we are much better now than we were say four, four or five months ago. Speaking of the conference, how do you feel uh, as far as like, is it wide open this year or are there ex expectations on, uh, is there a target on someone's back? I know 
you know, uh, was it Mount St. Mary's that won it last year? They Mount St. Mary's yeah. was actually in a different conference. They're new. Oh, to- yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So I'm Come really on, Dano. Play them next. So we're going to, I'll be able to answer you about more questions on them after we play them this Saturday. But I would like to think that this league is very competitive. You know, people are picked wherever they're picked, and that's fine. That's cute. I was picked preseason player of the year, as I just mentioned. That's fine. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what you do when the lights are on. You know, statistics and accolades before the season are great, but I think it comes down to who who gets what after it's all said and done. So uh, I'd like to think that Quinnipiac obviously has a, a championship pedigree. They're, they're always uh, great. They're, they're fun to play against. I'd like to think that people think the same about us. Um, Fairfield obviously won it last year, but I'd like to think that their team is, is pretty good this year as well. And then I would say besides that, maybe it's a toss-up. I, I really don't know. Um, but besides that, it, it's a really, really phenomenal conference to play in because every guard is quick. You know, every, everybody can shoot. Everybody can do this. Every big can, can rebound the ball well. But who, what team is going to be the difference maker? You know, what team is going to uh, take their program to the next level? And so it's really exciting to see. Nice. I'm excited for you. Um, you talk about, you know, being picked preseason player of the year. What was your reaction when that happened? And, uh, you know, we've talked about it personally, but just your mindset about it moving forward, right? Because someone could think that it's a lot of expectations or if a lot of pressure or it's no pressure, like you've already been acknowledged, right? Whatever happens now happens. But yeah, how have you kind of internalized that um, and led that through, I guess, you know, your season and then now in conference play where, you know, everyone is 100% aware of who you are and what you do? I'm going to be completely transparent and say that it's tough. It it is tough um, when you look at it one way because it's like, okay, I know who, who, who I am. I know who people see me as, you know, it, it was a really phenomenal accolade. It, it's awesome. And I think that it acknowledges how hard that I worked for these last couple of years. Uh, but at the same time, you're going to get everyone's best, best effort. Yeah. Um, so when we see teams doing things like boxing ones, when we, I'm getting face guarded or, you know, getting doubled, uh, coach V just says, take it as a sign of respect. So I, I, you know, I have that in the back of my head uh, often, um, but it definitely can be frustrating when you feel like you're not playing up to the standard because it's like, Hey, you guys, everyone sort of thought I was this kind of person, but I'm not playing up to that standard. So that can, you know, that can be frustrating. But at the end of the day, I'm just excited to be playing basketball. Uh, I know you can relate to this. I mean, there were, there was a time where I, I couldn't play basketball for a year, you know, twice. Um, so I'm really just excited to be out there. I get to play the game of basketball and I'm so, so grateful. And I'm so humbled to be doing that. And I think that throughout my injuries, I've been able to adapt the mindset, whereas I probably wouldn't have been as grateful. I'd probably be like, okay, I just have, I have practice or we got a game next week. Like I'm like, okay, I got practice today. I'm excited. I'm excited to be in the weight room. I'm excited to do, you know, the little things that, that go into preparing for a practice. So it's really been a humbling experience. And while I am really, really grateful and appreciative, um, I was picked uh, as what I was picked. Um, it doesn't change much for me. I, ju- I just want to win. And so whatever that means on any given night, I, I just want to win. I, that's a that's a dope mentality. I, I probably never had that, um, and I probably wasn't on the scouting report of every team for multiple reasons. Just he throws backdoor passes and shoots. But good lord, um, yeah, I can't imagine dealing with that every night. I'm one of those people who kind of uh, definitely gets mad when some you know something gets annoying, like just someone playing hard at pickup. I can't imagine dealing with a box in one all game. Uh, good lord, so. Yeah. Who who's Manhattan's rival? Do you all have one? I would say in conference, it would definitely be Quinnipiac. I think that that we've you know, had that that rivalry going and brewing, and it, it really 
I would say popped off last year because it was like, okay, we've got to beat this team. You yeah. know, <laughs> all due respect to, to their coach. Uh, and they have a championship uh, pedigree. They have a winning culture, and that's always awesome. And, and they're always top of the league. You know, so you want to play with and have rivalries versus teams who are obviously great in, in, in their own regard. But we just want to beat them every time, you know. <laughs> That. We just, we, you know, it, we just don't don't like the Bobcats, and uh, I'm sure the same can be said um, for us. When if you'd ask one of one of their players, um, so, so that's yeah. a game. I that's a game I got to get out to then. Yep, one thousand okay. percent. When I played at Siena, I was the same way. I was so anti Quinnipiac. I don't know why. Yep. It's just like something about them is like, yeah, no, like this it's is the not, water like, over yeah, there. Once my favorite win of the season was against them on their home them. Twice. Listen, we we played them. We lost the first game. We played them again, second time around. We beat them at home. Yeah. And then we played them for a third time. Yeah. Um, playoffs. We beat them. <laughs> so it was just like, hmm. and, you know. But obviously, you know, we didn't get picked to play. You know, postseason and afterward, and they did. And we thought that we got robbed, or there was an opportunity there that was missing. So that that hurts a little bit, a little bit more. So when we yeah. play them, it's people are always like, okay, hmm. These are the people that we, we've got to beat them. So that's that, and that's fun. I think that they're all phenomenal girls. I think that their entire program, from from top to bottom, they're, they're strong, resilient women, and, and I love to play against people like that. Yeah, like you said, it's a respect factor, right? Like you wouldn't get up and get excited to play against people you don't respect. You know, you're like, all right, it's another day. Like let me come out here, play 20 minutes, and then you know, exactly, and go. But yeah, it's a respect factor. I love it. I actually call their game this weekend versus Iona. Um, How they do? Uh, I will call their game this oh. weekend. Yeah, so I'm excited to see the MAC. I'm excited yeah. to see Iona as well. And then obviously I cover you guys all the time. So yeah. and then St. Mary's is in it. So uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, it should be good. It's it's always hard to be on these podcasts when I have people like Ice and our guest who are so humble and speak so eloquently uh, and have such a great outlook. I I'm just. I, I feel like I got to be more optimistic and positive now. So thank you for <laughs> making my Thursday so much better. Uh, Didi, when did you cut the hair? I would say I cut my hair, um, maybe I was like 16 or so. So I'm 22 now. So it was quite some time ago. Um, I'd say like 16 years old. I like, I'm like, I'm, I'm a basketball player. This is too much. I'm like in huddles, like, oh my gosh. So it was it's so much more freeing. And like my teammates will have a game and obviously you have to be in the gym, you know, a couple hours before and people are getting ready. Let me tell you, some of my teammates, they're doing, they're flat ironing their hair for like three hours. Then, then the, it's a lot. So I kind of get to roll out of bed and I'm just like, Oh, I don't have to do that. So, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm very, very lucky. But yeah, it's definitely more freeing. And, and I just feel like I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> What a, what a Hoover mentality. She always thought like, because uh, I after I met Ice, I would go watch her, some of her her old games, and there's a difference between when she wears a headband and when she doesn't. And uh, like, it's just a different mentality. Like killer mentality comes out when the headband comes on. <laughs> oh my god, I love when you say that because it's probably true. But I was one of those players like when I have braids, so it's it's always easy, right? Like it's gonna go up in a ponytail. It takes ten seconds. Yeah. But I was always one of those players where it's like, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. And so, yeah. And so, like, I didn't need to look good to the point where I was putting on, like, makeup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Taking hours. 
But like I'd quickly do my little eyebrows. I'd throw on some mascara, my favorite lip gloss, and be like, bro, headband, let's get it. You know, let's like I, I feel good. I look good. So yeah, I just I always thought that process was funny. Like I had a teammate who wore a full face of makeup too. And mm -hmm. every time she start the game, first media timeout, bro, come out towel full of her face. Like you know, that's that's insane. That's fine. As long as it doesn't get on me, you know, and back to the Quinnipiac, you know, sometimes you <laughs> play them and it's like I'm looking at my jersey. I've got orange stain, I've got stains, and so that's for another day, but you, you gotta be careful with the makeup. We really do. It's yeah, gotta be careful. Yeah, it's almost like a tear like sweat. Like don't touch me. You know what I'm saying? Like get your face off my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> um I will say like I used to do nothing with my hair when I played uh I played D three. So it wasn't a big deal anyways, but like for the, you know. Time out. That is a big deal. The okay. percentage of people who Thank play you. college basketball, of course. D1, 2, 3, or NAIA is a big deal. Continue. Appreciate it. But I would do nothing with my hair, but then like watching like JJ Redick and like the the glow up of Gordon Hayward's hair nah. from college to, to NBA, I was like, all right, yeah. there are there are some people who I might be interested in the stands. My wife ended up being one of them. I'm like, let me uh, let me put some product in my hair. But I was always like, let me go to the very end of the locker room. I don't want anyone to see this. <laughs> Insecurity at its finest. I think Ashley, your wife, appreciated that, though. It's always great when you're watching somebody play and their game is good, and they also look good. Absolutely. Like, it's like, no, this, the, you know, we're halfway there right now. Like, you might be all right. As long as you're not a serial killer and you're somewhat decent, <laughs> like, we might be all right. It might, it might work out. <laughs> uh, Didi, what are you majoring in? Right. I was going to say, can we let's not talk about anti-basketball. Yeah. No. <laughs> Blast. Um, for undergrad, I was, my major was sociology with a concentration in law. Um, I've always wanted to be a police officer uh, growing up. I come from a long line of law enforcers and, and you know, people within the NYPD. Um, so that's very near and dear to my heart. And so in my grad program, I'm now... Uh, focusing on a master's of a master of art in organizational leadership. And so I would say it's definitely a managerial degree. Um, it's more like a business degree, I would say, talking to a lot of my friends who, who went that route. Um, and it's back to the leadership point. You know, you think that this degree or taking courses about leadership, it's like, okay, how do you be a leader? What goes into that? And we, while we do cover aspects, you know, such as that, but it really goes into what a leader is not. How do you not present yourself? You know, and, and so... It's, all, it's really been an amazing experience. I joke to my coaches, to my academic coaches especially, about how I was really insecure when I first got into the program because I am one of the youngest people there, you know. So it's, it's a lot of older people within my class. But the thing that I got to learn and take in was I'm just around people who have different perspectives than me. And so that's been really awesome to see. I mean, one of my partners uh, on my final project that was just due yesterday, um, he has two kids my age. And so he's like, well, how do you work this on the iPhone? And so we're talking and we're, you know, different dialogues. And it's like, wow, I'm like talking to somebody my dad's age who's my partner. So this degree has been very eye-opening. It's been awesome. So, so I love that. So I, I feel like that's going to be a reflection though, of you as a police officer, right? That one day you run into someone um, who, you know, domestic violence issue, people that are maybe are older. And then the next day it's a kid on the street that, you know, is in a little bit of trouble and needs help. Um, yep. I'm going to ask you this. I guess it's a very a deep question to me, but um, 
what what would you like to change? Like, I think being a police officer, I feel like it's all about change, right? It's all about um, how you can affect the world and affect society because they are a big part of society. And so if you go into that after basketball and, and after and start your career, um, what's something you'd like to change? I, I think first and foremost, abuse of power has obviously been on full display. Um, within the last, within the, not only within the last recent years, it's just become more prevalent to mainstream society and mainstream media. But I think that controlling power is very, very important. I think that to walk around um, with a weapon, to walk around knowing you have some kind of authority over, you know, just your everyday regular civilian is very important. I think that people can get a little too happy um, with that, that amount of power and with that amount of authority. So I definitely would love to see uh, more of a change in the dynamic of, okay, well, I have maybe a little bit more power than you, but at the end of the day, we're still human beings. So I think that that's something that I would definitely um, emphasize once I get out into that field. And, you know, as of going back to your leadership point, when I, I just, I love this topic of leadership. I really do because it's what I'm studying. Um, I'm actually interning for this real estate investment firm um, in the city. And it's like being a cop, you know, one trajectory that I can see my life going Leadership is so important, but as I interned for this real estate investment firm uh, in the city, I go there and I was just there last night and I'm like, leadership is so important here too. And I'm, I was with the legal team yesterday and it's like, they emphasize the same things that my program emphasizes. So it's just really just nice to see um, what my degree being useful. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people, you know, don't have that experience, uh, fortunately, but it, it's just, it's been an amazing experience, um, not only studying and taking classes and getting insight within the NYPD field, but within this real estate investment field, it's it's so cool to see how they correlate and how you know I can definitely bring over even leadership skills from basketball um, yeah. into these two different worlds. Absolutely, absolutely, I, I love it. I read a book. Uh, you read a book? You read okay. a book? I I've read a lot of books. I'm a big reader. Uh, Good for you. A Why? lot of uh, mostly mostly around basketball but there there are certain things that i that i do love about um you know stories in history or uh i wouldn't say self-help books but i i did read about like fit, having a, a a growth mindset versus fixed mindset mm -hmm. um, it's something i try to do all the time but i'm obviously not very good at it um but like just hearing you talk it's like some of the the empathy you show uh always looking uh optimistically uh it's like very evident there. So I'll, I'll buy all the stock in DD Davis available. <laughs> Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thank I you. I just, no, I just want to say knowing you, but also knowing what you want to do. Um, I think that you're on the, uh, the greatest path to do it. You know, I think just um, being a Hooper, um, being a black female, young black female in this world, understanding what you possibly could do in the future um, and how your experiences now can shape how you lead in the future. Um, and so I, I just think that's super important. Kudos to you for knowing that. I tell everyone, like when I was in college, I didn't know I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I didn't find it out till like my senior year and it took me some time. Um, but I love to see when people kind of have an idea early while they're in school of what they want to do after school. And even if it changes, it just allows you to prepare yourself much better than you would if you kind of figured it out late. So I'm glad that you're understanding that you being a leader and communicating well in huddles to your team is also going to help you communicate and hopefully save somebody's life as a as a police officer. So that's dope if you go into that. Um, and I'm, I don't know, I'm happy for you, man. You already know I'm a fan, but I'm happy. I'm happy for you. I'm a fan of yours. I am a big ISIS young fan. So I'm very Same. glad. That cool. Thank you.
Oh, this has been awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, okay, last thing I have for you. Manhattan women's basketball. If you've never seen it, what are you going to see and what are you going to love about it? Tell our, tell our audience. I would say if you look at Manhattan women's basketball, you're going to see a bunch of people who wear their hearts and wear their emotions on a sleeve. Um, and that looks different from every single person on our roster, uh, including coaches. So what I mean by that is you'll see Coach V, you know, communicating. She has this angry face that we joke about. And when she's yelling at us, that's obviously a terrible feeling. Nobody wants to be yelled at. But with me in particular, if I'm doing something wrong, it gives me like this glare. And so if you're watching that from TV, you probably won't notice it. But this is this is the tell. Um, when she stops yelling and she's just she gets a little red and she like gives you the glare, she's that's the worst it can be. So that's that's you know you're gonna see that and it's and it's wonderful to see how her communication skills are kind of different. I have other coaches who they're losing their voice, throwing right. boards, yelling um, because they they coach us. You know they're very passionate. We're very very glad for that. You, myself, I'm sort of an energy fired up kid. I'm happy. I'm I'm bouncing around. You know I'm very emotional. Bella, the most nonchalant person you'll ever meet. She can just score 10 in a row and her face is just like, you know, I love it. I love it. You know, it just expresses herself. Um, and I can go on and on, but if you watched Manhattan Women's Basketball, you would just see sisters, a sisterhood really, um, who, who loves to play each other and that will be on full display. We are all so bought in to what the coaches have been building here, not only with us, with the group five years ago who started this um just continuously passed down and recycled the transit the, the tradition so <laughs> you'll see a lot of characters love it love i do it. too that's so cool well i mean um i think i might be able to come to the game next thursday next thursday they play long island at home <laughs> at 2 p.m eastern it's on espn plus as well um, i'm gonna have to move some flights around uh but you know what um i, I gotta i gotta get inspired I'm hitting that wall. It's December. Uh, I need some some Manhattan basketball to pick me up. Yes, you do. Yes, we, you do. We'll be there. Oh, and uh, Didi, when when you finish playing, uh, permanent spot available to you on our uh, on our rec league team at Chelsea Piers on Wednesday nights. Uh, uh, we really need a a point guard. Um, we got Asia McRae with Sacred Heart. <laughs> filling in sometimes but uh we need a true point guard real you know bad what? my fiance actually does, i think she does gymnastics down there so while she's doing that why not why not exactly exactly uh, you know you don't even have to pay we'll take care of it we need a ringer <laughs> okay dano has been recruiting this for this team since i've met him like months ago He's trying to get me to go. I'm like, Dan, I can't, you know, I just, tough to get well. but I'm, I'm glad he's, he's still at it. He seriously cares about winning this league and I support it. I support it. And also I need like uh, I, I hate being guarded by like the best players. Cause like I said, I don't like challenges. Um, <laughs> like I'm like, why, why is this person all over me? But uh, yeah, I mean like I offered to pay for ISIS like Ubers. I'll get her a hotel. She can stay in my guest room if it, you know, would, if it's not I ready. Offer, I would offer the same price. <sighs> Whatever. Guys. That's what I'm talking about. You need a point guard. I'm more of a shooting guard these days. <laughs> yeah, but in rec league, you literally can play all five. You know what I mean? That's true. This is true. They can't, they can't touch you. This is true. 
can't touch you either, Dana. Well, thank you so much, Dee Dee. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to do whatever I can to make it Thursday. And I uh, obviously will be talking to you, Ice. Um, and hopefully, Ice, are you calling any more Manhattan games in the near future? 1,000%. I'm all over the schedule, so she will <laughs> see me soon. I'm excited about it. Again, it's one of, my favorite, one of my favorite schools to go to and broadcast at. The crew is great. Both teams, men and women, are great. And the coaches are great. Um, and obviously, the players are second to none. So, um, Dee Dee, thanks so much for joining us, fam. It's so good to see you and talk to you on here. Um, everyone, if you don't know where to follow Dee Dee and support her, she will give you her social info and then catch up with her in the season. Absolutely. Uh, my Instagram is uh, Dee Dee Davis underscore one. So I don't really have Twitter. Uh, follow Manhattan Women's Basketball for that and you'll see me pop up uh, here and there. But thank you both so much for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. God bless. Bye. Bye. Right, we're here with another interview on Dice It Up. We're thrilled to welcome on Shaylee Gonzalez, University of Texas guard, former West Coast Conference two-time player of the year, been a finalist for our very own Her Hoop Stats, Becky Hammond, mid-major player of the year. Uh, and I had to throw out a specific stat from our guy, Calvin Wetzel. Uh, I love how he digs her stats, but Shaylee, the only player in the country last season to shoot at least 80% at the rim on three attempts per game. As a guard, that's kind of nuts. But welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm obviously a Texas fan for people who follow us, uh, follow Spread the Floor, hyped about the volleyball team winning last night. We're recording this on Friday, December 16th. Texas coming off a win at Jackson State, and Shaley played 40 minutes, uh, dealing with the Texas heat, even though it's December. We're still not in the mid-40s yet. We're still in the 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is Austin treating you so far? I mean, awesome. I got here in August, um, you know, jumped right into the program, had to learn the system, you know, get used to playing with these girls and um, knowing what Schaefer wanted from me, um, you know, was a – um, it was a big, you know, ex- different experience I've never experienced before, you know, just moving to a new city and experiencing that. Um, but I mean, it's been so fun um, being with this team. I've been able to grow a lot in all different aspects um, and learn different things from the game. That's awesome. Where do you feel like you've grown the most so far? Um, probably, I feel like mental toughness is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just being able to um, play for that long I mean outside of outside of games you know in practices um being pushed that hard um physically um I feel like I've grown in those certain areas I mean you had like incredible success at BYU uh played Mm -hmm. for a hall of fame coach uh all conference accolades made the tournament multiple times and I know just from like some of the graphic content I've put out on Twitter how intense and passionate BYU fans are. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the mental toughness of of transferring as a player in your position uh, who, you know, basically had the keys to the program and had so much success, because uh, we see so many players transfer when, like, a situation isn't right. Um, understand there's a coaching change, but can you talk about that process and how difficult it was to uh, to really make that jump and go to uh, a program like Texas? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an easy decision. 
um, I sat down with my family and we talked a lot about it. Um, and then once there was a coaching change that pushed it a little bit even further. Um, but I knew that, you know, I did love my time there and my team there. Um, I just wanted to be, you know, on a better team that was able to go farther in the tournament, experience those different things. I wanted to be able to, you know, be highly ranked and go further in the, the NCAA tournament and, you know, play in a bigger conference um, to be pushed in all different areas. Um, so that's why I decided to move on. Yeah. And then like first two weeks of the season, you're playing at UConn. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throwing it to the fire. Yeah. Uh, what about the vision for the team? You know, I covered you guys. Um, I called your games in the Bahamas. Um, we talked about the amount of transfers that you guys had, the instant credibility that comes with them. Um, what was that process like knowing that, you know, Coach Schaefer was going in the transfer portal really deep, getting some really mm -hmm. good players, and you were kind of going to have to gel with players that, you know, maybe you've only ever played against that haven't even played mm -hmm. for him yet? Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew going into transfer portal that I was going to be hard. It was going to be different. I was going to be able to, you know, play with different players, um, faster, stronger, taller athletes. Um, and I knew what I was getting myself into. And, you know, it's been a great blessing in my life. And, I've learned a lot and oh, there goes the AirPod. Um, but yeah, and I had a lot of, a lot of looks and I narrowed it down to three and then went on those three visits. Um, and then I was just looking for a school, like I said, again, that, you know, was going to push me and um, we were going to go far in the tournament and try and win a final four and national championship. I dig that. It's uh, it's, I mean, the season obviously is it started with some, some ups and downs. I mean, you've been asked to, mm -hmm. to play kind of like a variety of roles uh, with Rory being out to start the season. Um, and now, uh, you know, sadly, Aaliyah goes down. Uh, can you just talk about like the, the variability and the adaptability that you have to have to play with uh, for coach Vic Schaefer? Yeah. I mean, um, like you said, we've had a few injuries that have been, um, that have hurt the team. Um, and, you know, that's when people have to step up. That's when, you know, um, different players. We have, I think, like six or seven new players on this team this season. Um, so, you know, being able to gel together that quick um, and people being able to step up in certain roles, um, you can't just know the two guard. You got to know the one, two, and three, you know, because you never know when your name's going to be called. Um, and so I think that's super important being just prepared for that. Um, and injuries, you know, they suck, they happen, but you just got to move on from them. So. Yeah, we've had a number of players um, on the podcast that have torn ACLs because it seems like just everywhere you go, you're going to find several players who have. I've torn mine twice. Mm -hmm. uh, we just mentioned Aaliyah more and finding out about hers. And I know you went through that process as well. Um, you know, have you given her any, you know, words of encouragement or just has she kind of felt the need to lean on anyone else um, who, you mm -hmm. know, has gone through that process and has overcome it and is like, you know, playing and, and recovered now? Yeah. Um, so I was actually right in that corner. I saw the whole thing, her drive and her hit. And once she fell down, like I knew what oh. it was. Um, and yeah, I have given her a few, you know, tips here and there and like my process and, you know, with the crutches and surgery and things like that. Um, but, you know, we're all, you know, going to be in there helping her and um, supporting her through this whole season. So. Yeah, I, I love the family vibe that y'all have already built in such a short time with, you know, so many new players. That's that's uh, speaks to the culture that Vic's built. Um, also, just being at Texas, getting to 
meet uh, some incredible people. I don't know if you've met Matthew McConaughey yet. I feel like every athlete mm-hmm. meets him at some point, but you got to meet KD. What was that like? Oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> we were on the, we were actually in the bleachers and we saw him from, um, we saw him on the field and we're like, we need to go see him. So at halftime we went down and were able to go take some pictures with him, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Such a vibe. He's, he's pretty tall. Uh, yeah. Pretty pretty important human being in the basketball realm. Yeah. Uh, he's all right. Um, no kidding. Um, I want to kind of ask you about your you know Instagram following, social media following, um, but also more so like nil stuff. Um, I know that uh, at least I graduated a few years ago, and so that did not exist. Um, but there are players like you have taken advantage of brand sponsorships and partnerships and different things like that. Um, does it sometimes feel like a second job, you know, where you, you have to think about like, okay, I've got to make a social media post about this. I've got to make sure that I tag somebody in this, um, because it's all about your brand, you know, and you do a very good job of, you know, being your brand. Um, but it also Mm -hmm. seems like it can sometimes come across like it's a second job that you have to do on top of being an athlete on top of being, you know, a student as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, once that NIL hit, I was super excited, you know, the, the passing of the rule. Um, and, you know, being able to make money off of your name, image, and likeness is something so awesome. I feel like all athletes should be able to do it, and um, it is kind of like a second job, you know, um, planning when you're going to, you know, film things, post things, um, the captions, the editing, all of that, Um, but it's just really nice to make some money off of the side. Yeah. What's what's the most fun part for you about um, kind of the NIL stuff and the different posts? Is it like interacting with different brands or just kind of when people try a brand that maybe you suggest? Like, what's the most fun part to you? Um, probably just like being able to get those emails from like those certain companies that I never thought I'd be able to work with. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's also like a sign of like how hard I've worked being able to get up to that position to be able to like to realize like wow that company actually wants to work with me um is really fun and I also love like clothes and like photos and taking photos like that so that's really fun yeah love it it's always always so funny uh like having to download the BYU TV app and then seeing the same uh I forget like which credit union or or whatever it was and then you and Alex Barcelo just in the commercial uh (laughs) I mean, you know, the app was was something that I download like uh, once every basketball season. But yeah. uh, so there's Shaylee advertising on uh, a credit card. <laughs> Proud of her. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember making that commercial. It took a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shaylee, you're in Austin. Austin's known for their breakfast tacos. Uh, do you have a favorite spot yet? Do you eat? I, I don't. I mean, I don't know your dietary restrictions. Uh, my wife's a pescatarian, for example. Uh, but if you do eat breakfast tacos, do you have a favorite spot yet? Um, for breakfast tacos, I don't have a favorite spot, but I do have, oh my gosh, a favorite spot for just like tacos in general. Um, Cabo Bob's, like five oh minute God. drive. Love their tacos and also their chips and queso. So good. Uh, one of my best friends is like, goes to Cabo Bob's every Thursday. Um, I'm going to send him this clip. Shout out Manny Hernandez. Uh, but anyways, uh, all right. I just got to recommend Taco Deli. Uh, there's a bunch of them, but it's so fresh. Uh, they have breakfast and lunch. Um, we need to tag Taco Deli sponsor uh, Shaylee. Um, sponsor the team. Get tacos everywhere. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, Torchies is solid, but to me, it's, uh, it's a little overrated at this point. So many franchises, but um, nothing against them. They're great. But Taco Deli. Highly recommend it. Um, have you been to Barton Springs? 
I have not. We still need to get Shaylee the authentic Austin experience. I know. I, I need the I feel like list need of what list I need to do. Now. Yeah, I feel like you need a list, a little bucket list that Dano can give yeah. you. Okay, for yeah. the rest of the season, these are the places you need to stop at. I mean, t- I mean, as long as you get some Tex-Mex like D.D. Richards talked about, I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. a staple of Texas, but Austin has some great spots. Um yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the city does go, um, has there been anything that surprised you about it? Um, obviously, I don't know the size of BYU's campus, but Texas is literally, you know, they call it the 40 acres. Um, mm-hmm. What has surprised you most about the city of Austin? Um, honestly, I was super surprised about the Moody Center and how nice it was and how many concerts they have here in Austin. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, being, I mean, I never lived in the city before, but um, I feel like there's also a lot of things to do here. I just didn't realize, you know, being put, thrown into the city, didn't realize how many things there were to do here. So, yeah. Um, I guess y'all probably would have been practicing during like ACL, maybe, um, the music yeah. festival. Mm. Yes. But, yeah. uh, and then South by might be during March and hopefully the Longhorns are making a run. So, mm-hmm. uh might miss out on that too, but yeah, the concert scene, insane. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd say it's somewhat easy to get around if you're like downtown already, but like getting north is crazy. I mean, now they have a professional soccer team that they didn't have when I used mm-hmm. to still live there. Um, I still haven't been to the Moody Center, um, but so when I get, it was still being built when you took your visit then. Um, the Moody Center was built, the BBR, oh. like the practice facility wasn't. It was like under construction, so we like went through and like helmets and construction gear. But I mean, uh, was there anything that Big Schaefer did that you know sealed the deal? I mean, I I'm sure there were some people during your transfer process that you were like, all right, this is it. Um, This is why I chose. uh, I could say four different schools for ice, (laughs) three, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just felt like Texas kind of blew all the other schools out the water in all different aspects. Um, And I felt like this is where I was going to be pushed more um, to be a better player and for the team to be the best it could be. So I want to talk about the team um, and just, you know, this season, you guys have been faced with some adversity early. Like I said, I was there for your games in the Mm -hmm. Bahamas where Rory wasn't playing. And she comes back, you guys are getting into a stride. You're getting into a stride, like averaging 15 points over the last four games. And then Aaliyah goes down. And now you've kind of got to rework, you know, the roster, rework um, different positions and things like that. I know Coach Schaefer has told me, like, we've had different people in different positions and everyone's growing. And so it just seems like everyone's growing. And you guys have also played an extremely tough schedule already. Um, what are your overall thoughts on the season right now and just where you guys are at? Yeah. Um, I mean, the first few games – and like Bahamas, um, when we went there, that was when Rory was out. And that was when he threw me into being the point guard, um, kind of running the team. Um, I didn't expect that right away. I didn't expect to, you know, be thrown into that position because um, that's not an easy position. Um, I was going to do whatever I could for the team. So I, I stepped in and did it. Um, but, yeah, I feel like um, me being able to step up in that position, um, I grew um, I learned a lot, um, and, you know, like I said, with all these injuries out, we have other people that are able to step in, um, step up, and in practice, it's going to be a little bit hard because we don't have as many bodies, yeah. um, but that's just a- extra work for us to do, so. 
Yeah. What about the backcourt? I mean, now that you guys have, you know, Rory back, um, and I know you, you were playing with her in practice, and then as soon as the game started, it seemed like she just wasn't able to get on the court right away. Um, but also Sonia Morris coming in from DePaul. I played mm -hmm. against her a couple times in my career. Like, what do you think the potential is for, you know, you guys as a trio um, going up against some of the best guards in the country? Um, I mean, us three guards, I feel like we're very versatile where we can do, we can do a lot. Um, you know, if I could get, I could run up the point guard, you know, I can get the ball, push the ball up. I love running the court. Um, so we've done that a few times with Rory and I switching off on that position. Um, but Sonia, you know, her scoring, um, her leadership in that way um, is super important for us. And we need her to score the ball, you know, when she's, when she has an off day, um, someone else can step up. I could step up or I can step up. So I feel like um, we can all work together in that um, area. Yeah. I feel like the end of the game and you need a bucket, uh, you have like three legit options that mm -hmm. most teams really only have one or two. Like just mm -hmm. if you need an ISO, you got Shaylee, Rory or Sonia. And that's, that's a blessing to have. Um, and we, we hope for continued health for, for you three and the rest of the Texas Longhorns for sure. Um, I do want to end this uh, show with something that we haven't done before, but we do have a shout out from a fan. So we're going to play that for you. Um, you should know them. Uh, let's see here. I love that. You like a family member or something? Uh, I mean, I, in a I'm, sense, I'm right? Uh, it's family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's someone that, uh, it was the first person I interviewed, um, ever and, uh, and, uh, she's great and we'll get it going. Hey Shaylee, I hope everything's going great. You're killing it. I am so proud of you. I just remember, um, back your freshman year and you helped us win the WCC conference tournament and that was such a fun time and ever yeah. since then that whole year and ever since then I've just loved being your teammate you are such a great teammate you're such a great leader and you're killing it at Texas right now I watch every game and I hope you're having fun love and miss you bye Aww. that was awesome thank you yeah no doubt shout out Paisley Harding oh oh oh, oh. sorry I had something playing on the background anyways uh Shaylee <laughs> Wow. Uh, incredible time talking to you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually blessed enough to be going to uh, the game this Sunday against USC. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll probably, I think, run this on Monday. What can mm -hmm. we expect from a showdown with, uh, I mean, did you ever play USC at BYU? I have, no, I have not played them. Okay. Well, you're going back to Dallas, so. which you're familiar with, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what can we expect? Uh from the Songhorn team, can we get a prediction? Um, obviously, a win. That is the the end goal. Um, very competitive, aggressive game. We're, you know, after that last game, I feel like we're ready to play, hopefully, a little bit better team, a little bit more competition. So, yeah, just to win. That's the end yeah. goal. Uh, watching their game last night, uh, just a defensive struggle. I've never seen so many missed shots in my life. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, this is somebody who was, uh, actually wagering on the over in that game, but you know, some people miss shots, but, uh, mm -hmm. God, they, they do play physical. Um, and they do, uh, I mean, it seems like there were so many fouls as well. So I'm, I'm excited. It should be a great matchup. 
you know, I think you or Rory guarding Destiny Littleton will be great too. Um, I'm so excited, but uh, Shaylee, thank you for coming on and uh, everyone hopefully enjoyed the show. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Good luck this season. Stay healthy. And mm-hmm. we are rooting for you guys. We actually really like your team and not just saying that because you guys. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Of Thanks. course.